What's this? What's this? It's super califragilistic, expialidocious. What is this? A whole new world. What is this? Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. Uh, I am Ryan, your host, and today I'm actually mobile right now. I am walking home from a theater where I just saw Oasis Supersonic, a new documentary about the band Oasis that chronicles the period of time between their signing in 1994 and the subsequent Nebworth, uh, Nebworth concert in 1997, I believe, uh, when they sold out two entire nights and over 250,000 tickets uh, that, as they say in the movie, could have gone for seven straight nights sold out, which is uh, unfathomable especially 20 years ago, let alone today, when things are the, the, the landscape for a musical artist, a band, is, is so much different than it was then. You know, they, they comment during the movie about how, you know, we, that was pre-internet as a regularity during the time, and how, you know, it was just, it was about people and the physicality and the live atmosphere of the thing. And, you know, there are still plenty of amazing live concerts held nowadays and within the last few years. And, you know, we have some artists now who are bigger than, you know, people have ever been. Just look at, you know, you can look at Twitter follower numbers and you can see that the hundreds of millions of people who flock to artists like Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, Drake, Eminem, uh, yeah, everybody. You know, those are just the ones that came off the top of my head. But you know, there are hundreds of artists that have that incredibly devoted and extensive following. It's it's kind of incredible. And 20 years ago, pre-internet, pre-reality TV shows for the most part, particularly singing reality TV shows, you had a band based in Britain called Oasis that, you know, literally transcended everything with just one album. (laughs) With What's the Story Morning Glory, they knocked down pretty much every barrier that they came up against. And part of the kind of closing theme of the movie was that, you know, it's kind of this double-edged sword where they've reached the top and there's nothing that says you have to stop at that point. And there's no reason why you can't continue on once you've become the greatest or the best or the most popular or most influential of a thing, you can still continue to produce whatever it is you're the greatest at producing. And you don't even necessarily have to 
track downwards. You know, you can remain on top for an extended period of time. But the flip side of that is is that they all recognize that that's exactly what they should have done. They needed to stop. And there's, you know, there were clues and hints all along the way about exactly just how toxic this was for them. And it's a shame that they didn't recognize it and and kind of heal the rift that was forming between Liam, Liam and Noel at the time. But that's that's what happened. And so the movie the movie definitely does focus on that rift quite a bit. It you know the the entire movie shows old footage of the band uh, during this time with uh, definitely with clips from performances of theirs. And it, the entire thing is narrated by primarily Liam and Noel, but as well as, you know, other members of the band, um, the, the brothers' parents, uh, particularly their mom, is featured a few times. And you just kind of get to see their... You hear their uh, reactions and feelings behind this incredibly somewhat trans transcendent moment in their lives and how they felt about the times for themselves, how they felt about it in relation to the, each other and, you know, the kind of rotating uh, cast of, of their bassist, the fact of, you know, how, how Liam would frequently just decide to quit halfway through concerts and and Noel would have to take over it's it was fascinating because you know I've listened to Oasis I I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a big fan of Oasis but you know Wonderwall in particular is a song that I I love quite a lot um don't look back in anger uh, and you know, there's, there's, there's you know, there's a lot of songs that they play in the movie that I've recognized that I quite enjoy, and so I, I never really understood. I, I never really knew anything about the members of the band in any other regard, besides just that they play music. And you know, I'd seen a couple of their music videos, and that's pretty much the extent of it. And now. While I was looking up the movie uh, earlier today and yesterday, I saw a reviewer on Letterboxd who said something along the line, who kind of commented on how there are people who, you know, you don't get to choose who gets the talent in the world. You know, there are people who can make the best use of it, who get it, and there are some people who get it that can't make the best use of it. And this person, and I, I, I'll try and link that review in the show notes because it is a very, it is a very well written review. Comments on how, in the case of a group like the Beatles, you know, they had the talent, and their cohesion, the connected tissue between the four of them, was just a perfect storm of elegance and talent and quality. Whereas 
the Gallagher brothers, who definitely had the talent. You know, I, you know, there were plenty of clips of Liam singing, but there were also plenty of clips of Noel singing because he would have to when, when Liam would leave the stage. And you know, Noel's a fine singer, but anytime you could hear Liam, Liam singing, it was it was so much so much stronger it was it sounded so much better to my ear anyway and so this reviewer comments on how you know these guys had the talent but they did not they weren't in the right situation to make it make the best of it and it was kind of just an example of where these two people who happened to be such incredible voices and faces in the music business and as rock and roll superstars effectively couldn't really tame themselves to to be permanent fixtures on that scene and you know i'd have to brush up a little bit on my oasis history but I, I believe that they did come out with multiple albums after that. And I also believe that none of them quite had close to the success that Morning Glory did. Uh, I, could, I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong. But, you know, this was, this was just such a huge and monumental break up onto the scene. It's, and the documentary does a fantastic job of kind of giving you a behind-the-scenes look and putting you into the mindset of these two brothers who were at odds with each other a lot. And it's... While I, I wish that the, the film had gone into a little more in-depth discovery on that rift and the fallout therein, you know, the film does kind of stop at the Nebworth concert, but it does give me, put into me the desire to, like, learn more. And, you know, I fully expect myself to get on Wikipedia when I get home and kind of see if there's anything more substantial and detailed that can explain to me just what happened. Because, you know, at that time, the late 90s, early aughts, I, this was long before I really got into music at all. You know, I was old only thing I really listened to until I got to um, high school and that wasn't until 05 or no the end of 04 05 was you know pretty much Weird Al that's all I listened to which was fine you know I loved Weird Al and in a way I'm kind of glad because sort of getting on a tangent here but I, I enjoy the fact that you know Weird Al sampled parodied and adopted a variety of styles which while only being a single artist could encompass rock and rap pop folk comedy parody you know he had, had a bit of everything in his repertoire and so for me you know i just was not a part of the scene when oasis was big when really anybody was big until you know the mid-aughts and, and late-aughts really so, in that regard, it's, it's interesting to peer into that sort of missed landscape 
that I was around for, but wasn't aware of. So I, I thought the film was very good. I hesitate to say great. You know, it's quite funny. It's quite humorous. It's quite vulgar. Um, you know, there more on on dozens of occasions during the film they they refer, they refer to themselves as cunts. They, as particularly in regards to you know, the revolving door of their bassist, and you know, like they're like, well, one of them is, you know, one of them is too uh, nervous to be able to play with us, and the other wants to leave us for his quote bird. And, you know, we must be the biggest fucking cunts around, you know, it's, it's hilarious, you know, they're funny and they're self-deprecating, but they also just don't give a shit. And they say that a lot in the movie as well. And I think that that's, there's a certain sincerity in that because it's, it's very blatant that that is the case. So I, I liked it quite a bit. I, it, it's definitely one of my top five documentaries of this year so far. I do imagine it falls out of that category uh, within the next couple of months. But for the time being, you know, I think it's a very solid entry into this kind of music genre of documentary. You know, I, I think of the, the first similar style documentary I can think of is a band called Death, which is definitely a better documentary than this, but I don't particularly like the music in that documentary, whereas Oasis is a band I'm quite fond of. So that kind of drops Oasis Supersonic into the high 70s for me. As I mentioned, I'm currently still outside walking back to my apartment, so I cannot give you an exact number. And there won't be a statistics episode for Supersonic either, so it's not as though the number is terribly relevant. It's a three and a half stars out of five star movie for me, which you can find on Letterboxd. And you can find me on Letterboxd at S-T-R-A-N-G-A-H, Stranger. You can find me online at circleoffilm.com. Oh, look, a kitty. It likes me. That is an orange kitty named Simba that is now the host of the Circle of Film podcast. And if I ever see him again, I will be sure to feature him on future episodes. Poor guy. He didn't have a collar. Hope he's gonna be okay. That's actually the second time a cat has approached me on my walk home from the movies. Uh, but nevertheless, as I was as I was saying, um, you can find me at Letterboxd online, circleoffilm.com. And uh, we're on iTunes. You can find me, subscribe on iTunes. And if you like the podcast, please feel free to leave a rating and a review. This episode, I imagine, will be 
slightly lower quality than some of the others as I'm recording this from my phone. But I will do my darndest to make sure that it's, you know, not nails on a chalkboard to people's ears as best I can. And uh, I will talk to you next time when I have something else to review. All right. Have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. Come on, baby, when we paint the town. And all that jazz.